0: here with Father Willie Raymond he is a, a Holy Cross father and uh, you you came to the Network to speak on Father Patrick Payton you wrote a foreword to his book all for her his autobiography sure. and um, so I want to ask you questions about his life um, I first I heard about him when but that why don't we start with the big rally in San
1: Francisco that you sure. organized uh, at Golden Gate Park right. yeah I think it was 1961 and he uh, <coughs> By the time that that took place he had already had rallies in other places around the world in Spain and England Ireland and he developed uh, a methodology for for these uh, rallies for family prayer and the Rosary and he called it the six mountains that had to be climbed in order to in order to uh, marshal all the resources of the local church into into a, a a, a large retreat for the whole local church mm-hmm. and the, mount, the mountains were to um, to uh, involve uh, everybody not just Catholics but reaching out to everybody inviting them to come to a central rally and then asking all the priests in the, in the uh, diocese to preach on five Sundays about family prayer to, uh, to celebrate 40 hours in all the parishes uh, we would call that benediction today, mm-hmm. and holy hours. And uh, he would go to schools and ask the school children to pray for the success of this event and uh, pray the rosary, and, and then to nursing homes and prisons and uh, everybody everybody that he could reach out to. And then they would train men to go uh, door to door. And, and they, they emphasized men because they wanted they wanted people to know that this is not just for women and children this is an event for the whole right, family including right, men right. so they would go door to door inviting everybody that they could to these rosy rallies so in san francisco uh what they did is they flooded they flooded the uh the airwaves on radio television and billboards all around the city mm-hmm. so they ended up with 550,000 people mm-hmm. attending that rally and it still is the largest gathering for religious purposes in the United States. That yeah. Unless there's something else that I don't know about. Yeah.
0: You know what I, I love about it, uh was that at Golden Gate Park was like mm-hmm. I guess some years later it was like a big hippie scene, yes. you know? <laughs> With rallies and stuff and probably musical concerts and so and I, I saw some video that's it showed did they have to, like, bring the cardinal in by a helicopter or something? I saw, like, a helicopter. Yeah, I think he—I
1: I, I know Father Payton landed in a in helicopter. In did he? Because it was, it was so—you know, I can imagine the traffic, like, yeah. just getting— in those days, getting 500—that's yeah. before the Bay right. Area rapid transit. So right, right. They had to get there by bus and car. Yeah.
0: And he coined the phrase, the, the family that prays together stays together? Sure. He—well,
1: yeah. he—it's a little complicated. He— he popularized it, but he was given that phrase by a, a Jewish copywriter in in Los Angeles, in Hollywood, named Al Scalpone. Hmm. Uh, Mr. Scalpone, I, when I went out to Hollywood in 2000, he was still alive and his wife was there and he was telling me about this. that He, he said, I really fell in love with Father Peyton's uh, mission, listened to what he was saying about the power of prayer to unite the family in a bond that's unbreakable and... So he yeah. said, "I told him, you know, uh, I hear what you're saying about the family and prayer. So how about this: the family that prays together stays together." <laughs> and, and Father <laughs> Peyton loved that. And he's, so it, it is his phrase; he adopted it, took it yeah. all around
0: the world. That almost seems emblematic <laughs> of his like whole thing, like going to Hollywood mm-hmm. to start little. How do you is it little the family, family theater family productions. Productions, yeah.
1: productions? and actually even that was uh, you know he had this uh, on May the 13th. In 1945, which was Mother's Day, it was also Fatima Day. He was um, uh, he was given uh, time on a national uh, hookup for mutual the Mutual Radio Network, and uh, it was to originally it was to pray for peace in Europe, but then uh, peace arrived before May the 13th, just a couple of weeks before, and. Uh, so it became uh, a, a prayer of thanksgiving for for the arrival of peace and it was on mother 's day fatima day and uh, he had the um, m- the parents and the sister of the five Sullivan brothers who had all died mm-hmm. on the same oh, ship right, right, right. and uh, he had uh, Archbishop Spellman, who was later Cardinal Spellman. Mm-hmm. Uh, president Truman had just become President after Roosevelt died, mm. so he came on and endorsed the program as well the national oh. day of prayer for for peace and uh, and thanksgiving for peace and then um, the uh, the executives at Mutual said you know th- this whole thing really would depend on having a celebrity, someone that is well known beyond the president mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, so he said, "Well, who who would be a star in Hollywood that mm-hmm. that would help?" And they said, "Well, Bing Crosby," ah. but very difficult to get through to him. Ah. So Father Peyton called him on the phone, and he got through, and he explained what he was doing. And it's a family uh, rosary celebration, praying for peace. And Bing said, "As soon as you mentioned rosary, you had me." So I'm ah. on, and he came on, and really, it was a smash hit all around the country. Very. Impactful right. so from there he his superiors then said, "You can go to Hollywood and see what you can do out there, using radio first and then television and film to to continue his passion, which was to get families to pray the Rosary and pray as a family in the right.
0: home. I think the <laughs> network I think I've seen on the network some of the like the mysteries you all
1: produced, the Rosary mysteries sure. are
0: all black and white. Um, mysteries
1: that's that's his magnum opus in the in the 50s he he had uh, a crew go to Spain (coughs) excuse me (coughs) and they filmed um, the the equivalent of three feature-length films on the rosary using each of the 15 mysteries at the time and each each mystery was 20 minutes long Production quality was amazing. I think the the, the budget was over three million dollars for this project, which was mm. phenomenal in those days. Yeah. and they were so well done that uh, at the Brussels World's Fair, the Vatican exhibit was the Mysteries of the Rosary that Father Peyton had filmed. Oh wow! And then he used <coughs> he used them as a follow-up to the Rosary rallies, especially in Latin America. So they would they they had. Uh, these big steamer chests with with uh, projectors and and all the film elements and speakers and they ship those all around Latin America so that after the rally they would they would then go out into the countryside small villages and and make them available it's really the life of Christ hmm. through the eyes of Mary so it's they were they were really phenomenal uh-huh. and they and they still as you as you mentioned. Yeah. EWTN and some other outlets still broadcast them at Christmas and Easter time.
0: Right, right. So he did the rosary rallies all over the world? He did. What are some of the countries like he...
1: Oh, wow. He's... Um, uh, the, the, the biggest ones were in Brazil. In Sao Paulo, there were over 2 million people. And I think it's 1962. Rio de Janeiro, right around the same time, a million and a half. Then in Bogota, Colombia there There were over five hundred thousand people. He was in Santiago, Chile. Uh, he uh, did a number in Spain and and in England he used to fill Wembley Stadium in England and uh, did a few smaller ones in Ireland because there weren't that many people. and uh, actually started in Canada in London, Ontario, and it was he was doing these missions and they were very popular. so the bishop said, would you do something for the whole diocese of London? So they did that, and that, that ended up being the first rosary rally. And then he uh, brought them through other parts of Canada. to He was at Yankee Stadium in New York, um, a lot of the major cities in this country. The Philippines uh, would be, I think, the primary location. He We've been there for over 60 years now in the Philippines. and. The largest rosary rallies were in Cebu, in the city. There were over two million people in Manila. Way over, I think it was three million. Mm-hmm. As late as 1985, he he had that rosary rally in in Luneta Park in the Philippines, and actually in 1999, I was with uh, in Cardinal Sin's office in Manila, and he said. The peaceful overthrow of the dictatorship, of Marcos. Uh, really was accomplished by Our Lady and father Peyton he said the the year before the the overthrow of the dictator was the the big event in lunetta park and he said uh, there uh, this Rosie rally father Peyton spoke very passionately and he was quite elderly at the time I think he was seventy six and then uh, the next year uh, all these people are protesting because the uh, Marcos had had committed fraud uh, in the election. And uh, Mrs. Aquino was the one who eventually mm-hmm. ends up being president. But prote- people were protesting in the streets and nuns and women and children holding up rosaries. Marcos sent the military in. They were told to, uh, to disperse them and they refused to fire on the crowds. So to me, uh, and, and Cardinal Sin was saying this too, it's the power of prayer to to change things, even a hopeless situation like the dictatorship in in the Philippines, which we we don't really fully appreciate how oppressive it was, mm-hmm. but uh, when when the military refused to to fire on these crowds holding up rosaries and mm-hmm. putting flowers in their in the barrels of their yeah. guns, then they uh, Marcos packed up and had to leave, and yeah. and that was the end of the dictatorship.
0: I remember that, and that was a teenager but i remember on the news watching all that um, but um uh, you said he went to england went to england yeah often to and Wembley he was Stadium. he was irish sure did he have any trouble with that or <laughs> <it> <laughs> he may have
1: with some people but there's so many irish who who went to england to work that you know there's a, there's a okay. big irish catholic oh, population okay. in england can you tell
0: us about some <laughs> of his life he's
1: growing up in ireland sure he uh, was born in 1909 on January 9th in uh, County Mayo, a little village called Atimas, and we have a visitor center there now, and his parents' graves can be visited. Uh, it's right near Balina. Most people have never, and if you try to find it on your GPS, it'll he, he, you, you may not even find it then because mm-hmm. it's so small. Uh, but he was one of nine children very very poor dirt poor literally they uh as the as the children reached uh, uh 18 19 years old they emigrated to america and uh, that's what happened with him too when he was when he was 19 he and his older brother tom followed three sisters to scranton pennsylvania mm. and uh and there uh, he thought the streets of America, this would be like going to heaven and mm-hmm. the streets are paved with gold and all of that. But when he got to Scranton, he couldn't find a job. His mm-hmm. brother found a job in the coal mines. And uh, eventually, uh, he he uh, uh, got a, a a position at the cathedral as the custodian sacristan. Mm-hmm. And... You know, uh, just uh, something I skipped is that when he was growing up, he had this dream that he could become a missionary priest. And he wrote all these missionary orders. He had dropped out of school uh, and and the family was so poor. And in those days, uh, they had a surplus of candidates for the priesthood. Mm-hmm. So they were very selective and, and they would have needed funds to pay for part of his education so one after another order sent him a rejection letter mm-hmm. so he got angry at that he gave up on the idea of becoming a priest his dream and said I'm just going to go to America and become a millionaire so <laughs> so, then, <laughs> so then, <laughs> then reality sank in when he got, when he got to Scranton and he um, uh, there uh, these priests from Holy Cross priests from the University of Notre Dame were doing a parish mission at the cathedral and and uh, the, they met the priest, he and Tom both, and they were invited to uh, apply for the seminary and they were accepted. They, they, both, uh, they both needed a remedial education because they had dropped out of school early and, and their education was mm-hmm. insufficient. So here they are, these young men in their early 20s and they're, um, they're put in with these high school uh, seminarians at the time finished high school then he graduated from the University of Notre Dame with uh, magna cum laude with a degree in philosophy then he went on to Washington to study uh, theology and uh, in the, getting very close to his dream again to yeah. become a priest and uh, halfway through theology he uh, he coughed up blood into his handkerchief first mm-hmm. he kept it a secret but eventually it got so bad that they took him to the emergency room and They examined him, and the doctor said, uh, you have an advanced case of tuberculosis. In those days, that was a death sentence. And they said, you have between two and four months to live. So they sent him back to Notre Dame to the infirmary, he thought to die. And he said, I was at the lowest point in my life. I was depressed. I had given up. I was even questioning whether God was real. And and then he said, Father Cornelius Haggerty came into my hospital room to visit me and uh, this was his favorite professor at Notre Dame too, an Irish immigrant priest. And he said, um, uh, he said Patrick, you have faith in God. You got it from your parents, and, and uh, <clears throat> don't, don't forget that. And, and he said, and, and, and Father Peyton said, these are the most important words I ever heard in my life. Mary is alive, and she is the mother of God. And you should pray to Mary that if it's God's will, mm. you'll be healed through her intercession. Mm. And he said, if you think she's a 50 percenter, that's what she'll be. But if you think she's a 100 percenter, mm. that's what she will do for you. And he said, pray through Mary's intercession. He ne- God never says no to his mother. Mm. So uh, he got his friends and family to do that. And then he, he said, you know, I'm not describing it's all in that autobiography too. He said, I'm not describing a miracle. I'm simply sharing the quiet, gentle way that Mary works. But day by day, I was getting gradually stronger and stronger and eventually even the doctors agreed that that I was able to resume my studies. They wrote a letter for me to the superiors and uh, he said, when I got that letter from the doctors, I felt like I was a prisoner on death row and all of a sudden the doors are flung open. I have this whole new lease on life. Yeah. So he said, then, <coughs> excuse me, I I promised God and a blessed mother that I would spend the rest of my life spreading devotion to family prayer and the rosary and to Mary.
0: Did he have a strong devotion to Mary before that? Uh,
1: I, he did because they prayed, you know, his parents when they got married, John and Mary Payton, they both, uh, made a vow that they were going to pray the rosary every day of of their lives, so he he describes it in beautiful, almost poetic language he said uh, praying the rosary was like breathing the air it it was so natural you didn 't have to think about it you just did it and yeah. he said everything that I needed in life uh, i i found in the rosary it was like not just a a um A prayer for me but it was uh, it was a school a university a library it provided me with with uh, the rich faith that that i love to speak about and share and that's the foundation for my life so Mm -hmm. he's uh, he has beautiful things to to say about how how the the praying the rosary as a family his um, mother calling them to pray and then his father leading leading them in in the rosary and what he said you know t- to have your father someone you really looked up to modeling that behavior was so important to him growing up so mm-hmm. yeah they he had that
0: right i know it is amazing how much theology is in I, I i was struck one time i was asked to like to help out at a wake service it was a i think uh it was like a catholic woman that died and her daughters, I think, were Protestant and everything. But the the mother had wanted, I didn't even know the mother, but she wanted a priest to pray the rosary mm. at the wake. And I remember going there, and they they had the minister from a, a Protestant denomination was there. So it was like a mixed crowd. <laughs> and mm. and we prayed the rosary. <laughs> but I remember it just struck me how much theology that we're praying, offering this prayer for people, uh, you know, that we're praying for the dead. That's part of mm. our Catholic theology. And And just about conversion, because sometimes you just jump into the eulogy, you know, kind of thing, and everything's fine. But it was like, it just brought about this great meditation about, like, life and Mm -hmm. being holy and the possibility of hell, you know. We're praying for, we go to heaven and we pray for the dead. And um, it was just amazing to me, because I really didn't talk, but just how much is taught Mm -hmm. in that rosary. Sure. But... um,
1: and the yeah, two, called this, yeah. and the Pope, Pope John Paul, calls it the School of Mary. She'll take you by the hand, and yeah. Father Peyton would love the fact that he added the the five. I was going to ask mysteries. you about that. Yeah, what do you think his reaction would have been? I think yeah. it would be. I think it would be incredible because, <laughs> because uh, you know, as as we uh, pray the Rosary, we, we go right from the finding of Jesus in the temple as a twelve year old to. The agony in the garden. <laughs> you right, Skip the whole right. public life, which yeah. which is in the gospels, obviously. Yeah. It? It's a very, yeah. it's a very. Uh, I, I think it's a very happy, uh, a very happy providential move by Pope John Paul to add those mysteries right. for Christ. I think Fulton Sheen used to talk about why don't we have, yeah. why don't we have mysteries? And I think in the
0: document, I think he references there was like an Eastern tradition of some of those mysteries. Yes. Yeah. So. But um, you worked with Father Patrick Peyton. Some did he teach you anything personally about devotion to Mary?
1: You know he would he would visit us. Like uh, the first year I was in the seminary, he came uh, he came to visit us at the at the uh, Holy Cross Seminary in Easton, Massachusetts. And uh, he was already this is 1964, so he was this world famous figure and leading these Rosary rallies. But Father Peyton never missed an opportunity to get a free meal or a free haircut if he could. <laughs> so so you know in the uh, I I don't, like know if this you, guy. I don't know if you had the same thing, but in the uh, in the seminary, one of the seminarians, whether he had talent or not, would be designated as the barber. So uh Father Peyton uh came to get this haircut and my friend Hugh Cleary, who's uh now a Holy Cross priest, he uh he was the barber and uh so Father Peyton's telling us uh, you know, all, all kinds of things. Uh, but he, he always talked about Mary and he always had a rosary wrapped around his, his uh, fist. And uh, I still remember after he left, Hugh Cleary said, uh, I'm going to keep these hair clippings because this man's gonna be recognized as a saint someday. And these will be, be relics of Father Peyton. Unfortunately, he, he did that, but unfortunately he lost them somewhere along the way in all the moves (laughs) but we already knew then he's a he's a very gentle uh, soft-spoken man and and um, very approachable and like for for me in those days he was like a a grandfather and I know um, I I never worked directly with him in those days but when I was ordained in 1971 we were on retreat uh, as a community and I was sitting next to him at lunch and he put his big hand over mine and he said, young father, I think our blessed mother is calling you to work in family rosary. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I was flattered, but at the mm-hmm. same time I knew, uh, this is something about Father Peyton, he he was not easy to work with because he was so passionate and driven. And he expected that, that others would share that same passion and energy mm-hmm. for the work. So a number of Holy Cross men, uh, were assigned to work with him, and after six months would contact the superiors <laughs> and request a <laughs> new obedience. <laughs> but but then but then there were got Jerry Lawyer, uh, great, great um, priest, God rest him, and Joe Quinn, they spent 15, 20 years working with him, and uh, Father Hap Heinzer out in California uh, did the same thing. So there, there, were, there were these, if they got through the first... Uh, the first couple of years, then, then they would they would generally stay on, but I and, and a lot of lay people too. He had he had uh, the the woman that led the Family Rosary Crusade in the Philippines, uh, Jenny Hote, God rest her, was a dynamo, and you know and I still when we went to see Cardinal Sin, she brought me there, and and when we walked in, he says, oh welcome to the house of sin. <laughs> and Jenny Hota, whatever Jenny wants, Jenny gets, <laughs> but she was so <laughs> family Rosary Crusaders. <laughs> was Father
0: Quinn the one in San Francisco?
1: No, no. Uh, Father Joe Quinn, Joe Quinn, <laughs> Joe Quinn, it's, it's funny, the two of them, uh, they, were, they were good buddies. Father Lawyer was a little older. Um, Father Lawyer was stuck in, in the Philippines during World War II on his way to the Bengal missions. And he was actually a POW, along with several other Holy Cross religious during the war. And and Father Quinn was younger. They both worked with Father Peyton a long time. And and uh, Joe Quinn was an avid Red Sox fan. Mm. And uh, Jerry Lawyer was uh, from Ohio, but he became a Yankee fan. And they were always <laughs> arguing <laughs> and clashing over these things. Actually, there's one little incident um, after the Rosary Rally in Barcelona, Spain, the provincial was visiting. And uh, typically, you know, the, a team would go in six months, uh, nine months beforehand, and they would organize all the, uh, all the, the steps, that, the mountains mm-hmm. that had to be climbed for a successful event. And, and uh, on, on this particular occasion, uh, they did all this work, this, the heavy lifting, and, and, and then Father Peyton flew in and he gave, obviously, the main talk at the Rosary Rally. It was a great success. And after Sunday afternoon, when it's all over, he, uh, he got, got them together, including the provincial, and he said, uh, you know, this is such a wonderful, wonderful event. I think we should have a holy hour this afternoon to give thanks to God and to our Blessed Mother for, for guiding us through this event. And Joe Quinn, who's a great sports nut, and he said, uh, "Ah, Father, we, uh, w- w- you know, the holy hour is a good idea, but we we got tickets to a bullfight this afternoon." And <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and Father Peyton said, uh, "Oh, I I I think we should have a holy hour, but let me go and and pray discuss this with Mary." And I'll be back in a half hour, and then we can decide fully. So he's gone for a half hour, and he comes back, and um, he is um, he's there uh, <laughs> in their midst, and he said, "I I prayed, and Mary agrees with me that we should have the holy hour." And then the provincial, who outranked Father even Father Peyton, <laughs> said, "While you were speaking to the mother." We were speaking to the son, and the son <laughs> says, we should go to the booth. Like <laughs> <so." laughs> now, I can't vouch that that's historically true, but that's what Father Quinn told me. <laughs>
0: Was there something, too, maybe you remember him saying, Father Peyton, about that helped you in your own devotion to Mary or something that struck you or witnessed? Yes,
1: yeah. It's, it, you know, um, I think it's really... After, after he died, he died in 92, and um, I had worked at the university at uh, Stonehill College in campus ministry and administration, and then um, was involved uh, in a, a provincial administration. And, and then uh, in 2000, my successor asked me to go out to family theater. And I had been on the board for Family Rosary, so I knew, I knew a lot about it. But but then working there in, fam- in at family theater, and finding all these uh, people, especially elderly people like uh, like Ricardo Montalban and uh, Dolores Hope and Loretta Young and people like that who who talked about the impact that Father Peyton had on what we would call them the Rat Pack, the a lot of the a lot of the uh, actors in Hollywood, and then producers and writers and directors and how he accomplished that it's like miraculous mm. and so that's when that's when i uh, really uh cuz we i grew up praying the rosary in a large family we had 12 children in our family and mm. french canadian descent in maine and so my earliest memories were of praying the rosary absolutely mm. earliest memories and and uh but i was in the seminary right after vatican II and everybody's saying well the rosary's you know it's uh it's an old prayer, and now we're emphasizing the Eucharist and all of that so uh I put it aside, but then uh father peyton and and his work and delving into it and then I would say, along with him john paul uh and his uh, his when he was elected in nineteen seventy eight he said the Rosary is my favorite prayer mm. and I just was so impressed by by the leadership that he provided and the and the boldness the courage that, that right. he had that yeah. t- the two of them like I rediscovered this so I I pray the Rosary as often as I can and and certainly make sure that I pray it every day and right so, yeah, yeah
0: I want yeah. to ask you about like how father Patrick survived the 70s when to see mm. like the rosary mm-hmm. 70s and the 80s falling out of use sure that must have agonized
1: him you know it, it did and and he, uh, but he always had hope and especially when paul Sixth came out with um, marialis cultus mm-hmm. uh and 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 also he saw like in vatican two if you read the documents there's a uh, there's an emphasis on mary the whole concluding chapter of lumen gentium mm-hmm. chapter eight is is uh is on Mary and mm-hmm. the role that she plays in the in the christian community yeah. and and he he just uh he was disappointed at the you know the putting aside of the rosary and devotion mm-hmm. to mary and even things like the holy hour uh, mm-hmm. uh, benediction <coughs> but um, and and it was a struggle it was a it was a real struggle for him and the the rosary rallies uh, were not as uh, not as easy to accomplish anymore. Although, like as late as 1985, you had that huge, huge rally in the Philippines. Right. I think the Philippines is an exception too. <laughs> in, in many ways, the faith is so alive there. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and but but he he really he he talked a lot about the the. Uh, the revival of Marian devotion and and the Rosary and family prayer. There was a, he w- he was worried about succession. Who would follow him, and he had uh, he had a younger priest who uh, he uh, really had designated as his successor, and he was uh, grooming him. But they had a falling out over over the direction of family mm-hmm. Rosary and the whole organization. Yeah. And um, and and it really was over the rosary, and it mm. was is the rosary passe or is this still uh, a, an amazing mm-hmm. tool of grace that can unite the family? So um, the, the the actually actually his his um, uh, chosen successor actually died before Father Peyton did. He oh, Died wow. at the age of fifty, uh, of a massive heart attack. Oh. And and then uh, Father Peyton he he recommitted that he said no the rosary is it and and it's our thing and and devotion to Mary is, is always going to be an essential part of being a Catholic Christian and he uh, but he but he really was worried in the last few years about succession he he thought Holy Cross as a congregation was not sufficiently Marian mm-hmm. and. Um, but we had a provincial at the time who, uh, who uh, dealt very, I think, very gently but firmly with, with Father Peyton, and and persuaded him that we will honor his, his work and his mission, and we'll continue it. And I think it's fair to say that uh, that we really are doing doing that. And where there's so much phenomenal growth around the world in in our ministry, and we now have over 40, I think we have 42 or 43 Holy Cross religious in 26 different different uh, ministry centers for family rosary around the world. And mm. after, in Holy Cross, after the University of Notre Dame, that's the largest uh, number of, um, of people working in, a, in one ministry.
0: Right. Did he
1: ever meet John Paul II? Yes, he did, yeah, yeah. we have pictures of him. Uh-huh. He met all the popes, uh, Pius XII, Twelfth, yeah. <coughs> John the Twenty Third, uh Paul the Sixth. Uh he really liked uh, worked closely with Paul the mm-hmm. Sixth and he did not meet John Paul the First, but certainly uh John Paul the Second. Right. right.
0: Wow. And where did his devotion uh to the holy hour, where did that come from? Was that something being done in his early life
1: or Part of 70 uh, or 40 that's, hours? I, you know, I don't know the no. answer to that. I, no. I, know, I know, though, that he, he really was committed to, to um, the daily Eucharist and to a daily holy hour. Mm. And, uh, and I, that provides, as it does for so many people, Fulton, Fulton Sheen, God, yeah. God bless him. Yeah. Um, he believed that uh, if he could get every priest in the world to do a daily holy hour that the world would be transformed and converted right
0: right can you tell us some about your work too at family theater out in hollywood um you were there almost 15 years right in the belly of the beast mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and you had a chapel there i think yeah we had a we have a chapel we had daily mass we had uh we had a holy hour every Friday. We'd pray the rosary every day as well, and we invited a lot of, a lot of people in Hollywood, uh, especially young people that come to Hollywood hoping to change things and mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me. I still remember one one uh, young person, I think from Wisconsin, who said, "You know, my parents were really worried about." My going to Hollywood and what was going to happen to mm-hmm. my faith. And he said, "I never met as many committed Catholics as I have here, <laughs> here in Hollywood." So there's a wonderful side to uh, to that. I had no training in in the media when I went out there, and um, and we had. When Father Peyton died in 1992, we went through five or six priests who would go out there for nine months or 18 months, and then. Uh, you know, say I don't know what to do. I need a new obedience and mm-hmm. all of that. So my successor asked me to go out and see if I could at least provide some stability mm-hmm. and and uh, and get it up and running again. So right. uh, uh, that was uh, that was easy. I had worked with young people on on campuses before, so that was one thing that I did introduce. Oh. That this became a center for young Catholics in Hollywood. Yeah. And uh, and we also um we also were doing our radio recordings. We remastered all the original radio programs and it's a 10-year project and so there're 500 of those radio dramas that most of them are still very relevant today. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot a lot of them have been played on uh on EWTN and on mm. Sirius uh on satellite radio. Um we, um, uh, we had a student film festival competition uh, for university students called Ant- the Angelus uh, Awards. And that, that really became a, a, one of the most important works that we were involved in. It was encouraging young artists to, to use their talents for good and, mm-hmm. and for truth, beauty, and goodness were, we're part of the, the uh, the mission of the Angeles Student Film Festival. So we had young people from all around the world uh, submitting their their films. They had to be produced while they were in in university, either undergraduate or graduate mm-hmm. schools. So that was another big part of our work. And a lot of those films, the winning Angeles films, were nominated for Oscars in the short subject at mm. the Academy Awards. And I still remember one year. <laughs> they they um, the the film the angelus winner also won the academy award for for uh that short for film? that year yeah, yeah oh. live action shorts. oh okay wow so that was interesting a lot of, met a, a lot of interesting people uh some were catholic but many were you know there's a, like one year the winner was uh, a hindu Ameri- mm. indian american mm. who uh who grew up in a Catholic neighborhood, so he said, "I, you know, I know all these <laughs> confirmation." <laughs> uh. <laughs> so that that was fascinating. Um, I think right now what's going on is uh, we we have two priests that are there, both of whom have uh, 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 MFA, uh, uh, what's it called, the MFA in film, mm-hmm. uh, Master of Fine Arts mm-hmm. from USC and from Loyola Marymount. Mm. And they're they're working on feature films. This uh, this documentary on Father Peyton called "Pray: The Life, the the Story of Patrick Payton. Right. It's uh, I wish uh, uh, well. You'll you'll see it eventually. You know, when you have a project like that, you hope it's going to come out well. This far surpasses what I was mm. hoping for. It really captures Father Payton's life and the the two great the two great. Uh, Works one in Hollywood and the others all around the world. These these huge rosary rallies and that I think there's a, there's a, a a kind of mystical, um, powerful experience when when you have uh, fifty thousand people or a hundred thousand people or two million people together in moments of complete silence and then of praying together and. It's hard to describe that but it's it's really yeah. out of this world and and people were so impacted by that when uh out in California, there were still elderly people who remembered being at Golden Gate Park, and they talked with so much uh love and mm. at the inspiration that they received from that event,
0: yeah, yeah, I know at World Youth day you can have that experience um I, I yeah, remember, and right, and uh, gosh, it was Australia with Pope Benedict, mm-hmm. and I remember he had a period of silence in—I want to say it was in the mass—and I remember it just—it just spoke volumes, you know, just to have like this mm-hmm. time. It might have been the vigil, but to just to have—I think maybe it was the vigil. He was praying in adoration mm-hmm. before the monstrance, and uh, on the whole field, and. Yeah, I remember thinking, man, he's really he added something to the world you'd say, yeah. out of that silence. <laughs> but did when you were out in Hollywood at, at family theater, did you did you get any support like from any kind of like big time producers or anything like that? Like Hollywood producers sure, or sure.
1: Sure. Uh-huh. Um, Steve Maccavidi yeah. uh, became yeah. a a friend. He's uh he, you know, he worked with mm-hmm. Mel Gibson on Braveheart and mm-hmm. the Passion of the Christ, and he's a second generation. His father worked on programs like I think it's Bonanza mm-hmm. and those those television mm-hmm. series. Um, and he's now at Empower Empower Pictures, and they've done they've done some very good work. Uh, Jim Caviezel became a friend. Mm-hmm. He's um, I, I mentioned last night uh, that. Uh, his, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever met her, but Beverly Dean was his manager, and she mm. used to talk, she loved Mother Angelica, and she she actually visited here. Beverly Dean was like an Italian grandmother mm. who ended up in Hollywood as a manager for a lot of these young actors, like mm. Jim Caviezel, Reese Witherspoon, mm. Kevin Sorbo, and... Um, uh, and she would cook these big Italian meals and some people and uh, but but she kept saying I've got to go to I've got to go to EWTN headquarters and I think I'm called to enter that convent and so she said, <laughs> she, said uh, she could really be outrageous too but yeah. a lovable person and she, yeah. so she came here and spent a weekend at the convent and she said at the end of the weekend Mother Angelica sat down with her and she said uh, Beverly this convent is not big enough for the both of us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's only one John Wayne at the rest.
1: But Jim had an interesting, an interesting encounter with Father Peyton. And when I was showing him around on his first visit to Family Theater, I said, a "Picture on the wall, that's Father Peyton." And he said, "I've been here before." And he said, uh, "I was a young actor at the time." He said, "It had to be 1991 because it was." Uh, very close to the end of Father Peyton's life. And he said, I was driving through uh, Hollywood on Sunset Boulevard, and I saw that billboard above Family Theater that says, the family that prays together stays together. And he said, what is that doing here in the middle of Hollywood? He said, I grew up hearing that all the time as a Mm -hmm. a Catholic young person. And so he said, I was planning to go across the street to the Seventh Vale, but... I decided to turn right and i went in to find out what was what was this doing in hollywood so i drove into the parking lot i rang the doorbell and this elderly priest answered the door and he said it's him it's father peyton and he said uh, i don't know where the words came from but i found myself saying father would you hear my confession and he said i wasn't leading a very good life at the time mm-hmm. and Uh, By the way, Jim has shared this publicly, so I'm not Mm -hmm. breaking any uh, seal of confession Mm -hmm. or inappropriate disclosure. So uh, uh, he said uh, at the end of the confession, he said, Father Payton was very tough on me. And uh, then he said, young man, you have to decide, you have to choose to be loyal to our Lord or not. And he said, If you choose to be loyal to our Lord, you will do important work in Hollywood. Mm. And then he goes on to uh, have the lead in the passion of the Christ right, and right. do a lot of other good work. In wow.
0: Hollywood. I didn't know and that. I was, I was so. That wow. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it really was a big surprise to me and, and to him, too, that yeah.
1: it was Father Peyton. Wow.
0: Well, thank you so much uh, father willie for
1: talking with us uh it's great it's my pleasure father mark it's great to meet you too yeah. i i have uh, never met you before but i've yeah. seen you a number of times on on the small screen Yeah.